welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Leah Pratt, what's up? How are you? Uh, it feels like spring in Indiana here. How? So it was 51 here in in Jersey today. So uh, I don't. It's at 100. Um, percent How are you, Leah? I hope your holiday was good. Um, uh, I'm just waiting. So look, my my guess is nobody knows that we're on here. Pretty good. Getting ready to head back to school tomorrow, dude. You're just going back tomorrow, also. So are we. I thought we were the only ones that had this super long break. My kids went back last week. My my like offspring kids, not my school kids. Yeah. And then I had like a week off before. Um, so yeah, look, we got, we got two people watching Leah Pratt's on here though. Maybe we just do a phone call with Leah Pratt and, uh, and that's how we handle it this evening. Um, so Tra Tracy Pinder just made it on too. She's number three today, but I didn't tell her we were going on tonight. So, you know, we'll give her some slack for not being first. Um, elementary school teacher vlog is on here. Uh, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that name. Uh, Paper Crafting Girls on here. <clears throat> Mr. Tran. Who we're just going to refer to as Mr. Tran from now on, so I don't have to embarrass myself. But you have a wonderful name, and I appreciate the alliteration in it. Um, Selena. Jay Dobson. Lily Goodwoman. That's an excellent name, by the way. Lily Good, Lily Goodwoman. I said Lily at first. Kimberly Wallback's on here. Jason Lloyd. Turtles on turtle. I will see you tomorrow, man. Um, Johnny's on here. Can I stop fights that break out in the middle of my lecture? I'm going to tell you how to stop fights in the middle of your lecture in just a second, there, buddy. Um, Diana Forbes. I know somebody else named Diana Forbes in my life. So hello, everyone. Always watching these. Um, well, Diana, this is your first time live. I appreciate it. What's up, Imir? Um, Roberto, Stephanie Johnson. All right, now now here we go. Look, here's the thing. I didn't tell anyone I was coming back um, initially tonight. So, like, I didn't know. I'm going to comment to some of these other ones real quick, too. But um, <clears throat> you're all up in the video tonight. Wow. I'm tired of walking around. Though. I hear you. It's ridiculous. We need to get you, like, a – maybe if we had a green screen behind me, you could just walk behind the green screen. Everybody's on here. All right. All right. Turtle's on here putting his damn turtles all over the place. <laughs> Cho's going to come on and yell at him in a second. <clears throat> so anyway, everyone, three minutes in, let's just say thank you for uh, for coming back. It's been a it's been a minute since we've been on here. Um, and to be honest, like to just be truthful, I talked about this in the video the other night. I'm really glad that I had planned that break. So in the last teacher talk on Sunday night, we had said that we would take like the next couple of weeks off because it was like right before Christmas and then right before New Year's. And I wasn't sure like who would be on here. And I just wanted to get that kind of extra time in like with the family and setting up and stuff like that. So as it turns out, the week just after we did this the last time, uh, my grandmother, who's 85 years old, my last living grandparent, um, it was put in hospice and then she died on Christmas Eve morning. So it was like, it was, you know, funeral arrangements and not leaving, like being at the hospital every single day, all day, funeral arrangements, funerals, cleaning out apartments, like a lot of stuff going on. And then, you know, try, yeah, trying to walk our kids through that whole scenario. Like I, I've dealt with a lot of death in my family in the past. Like I've lost both my parents, now all my grandparents, a number of uncles, but I've never 
had children while going through any of that really heavy stuff. And so that was like a whole new sort of adventure to go through. So all in all, I'm really glad that that we had that time off and I'm really looking forward to like going back to school tomorrow and like starting some of that normal stuff again. I feel like I'm actually more productive when there's too much going on and like yes. when I have too much time, right? Like we're not we like, suck. we're not as productive. <laughs> no, we're no not. we watched all of big little lies instead of like actually getting work done and stuff like that, which I think was good too. We needed. And we watched a lot of movies. Um, <clears throat> so, but now I'm catching up on bird box. Has everybody else watched bird box? And well, and we saw like the new snow white or no new Mary we Poppins movie. And we saw kids. miles Morales, Spider-Man. Um, Awesome, awesome stuff. So anyway, we're going to jump into this. We're going to answer all of your questions in a moment. Um, but I want to say, I'm here. I'm here. I can't bored. wait for school rounds. I have no idea how bored I am. Dude, I'll bet. Because look, but you're going to remember this is like the greatest time in your life, but it really wasn't because you had no money and no car and, you know, and a curfew. So that limits things. Um, so look, tonight we're, I want to just real quick, because I haven't talked about them in a while. Um, my friends from uh, Teachers Connect uh, are are what they're doing is they're creating a platform or have created a platform that's ever developing that um, creates a space for teachers to to meet and to ask their questions and to put stuff out there in a space where it's only allowed for educators, right? So if like you're anywhere in the education world, you're you're student teaching, you're um, a paraprofessional, you are an assistant teacher, like. That this space is created for you to connect with other educators. Is there a reason that the yeah, it's Sunday night chicken gone. chicken nugget night. Uh, oh, oh so it is. <laughs> every every Sunday night I swear right. at five, someone's like, I'm hungry, and so I make chicken nuggets. All right, uh, that's interesting. Um, so <laughs> then, um, so what what they're doing is like creating the space, and um, so you'll find like most of the teacher YouTubers are on there. Uh, as one on tonight, I was seeing that too cool for middle school had left a, a comment on there. Um, but there is a woman on there named Dominique who Dominique just signed up for Teachers Connect, and she's just starting teaching this week uh, in the second half of the year, and she's never taught before. And so I've never been in that situation. It sounds awful to me, and not like not like I wouldn't do it. Because I get like when you need a job, you take the job. But when you're starting second half of the year, like how terrifying that must be because everyone else has already started. The kids already have a routine. And then maybe this teacher sucked before you got there, right? Maybe that class was awful and now you got to clean that up. So real quick, would you mind in the comment section, like what would you, what advice would you give someone that was going on to, um, starting the second half of the year? Like what, what would you tell them to do? I, you know, myself, I would say, reach out to other teachers, find friends, find connection points in the school. So you don't feel like you're all alone. So you have someone you can ask questions to. So you have someone you can go to when you have concerns with a particular student. Um, that's what I would do. But uh, if you could leave that here, or if you want to go to Teachers Connect, you know, no pressure, but like you could just go on and just leave under her question. And I'm sure that she would Love that. So uh, I don't know Dominique, but um, you know, here's you, Dominique. Here's some coffee for you. Uh, what do we got, wife? Got some questions? So many. That's first. All right, that was the first one I wanted to ask. It was uh, Johnny Chingas. Appreciate all the interesting names that we get on here. Um, says Mr. Reynolds, how can I stop a fight that breaks out in the middle of my lecture? Look, I don't. Sometimes I have good ways that other people should do things. And sometimes I have weird ways that I do stuff 
that I'm not sure other people should do. So like one of those ways is if I feel like something's getting heated in my room, I have on my desktop a link to YouTube and I click it and it plays The Glory of Love by Peter Cetera, which is the theme song from Karate Kid 2. Nobody wants to fight if there's love jams going on in your room. Um, this works with just about any ridiculous song, right? Like, But I find that love songs don't make fun of the situation. Like um, I wouldn't put on like Walking on Sunshine, which is, you know, one of my sweet favorite jams or like some silly song. I just find that love jams kind of like chill out the mood. Or I will sometimes like take out my phone and I like selfie myself and I tell the kids like, oh, you know, there's, are, are we getting ready to fight? Because when I do that, um, nobody wants to be recorded when they're going to fight. They all stop. They all laugh about it. Um, I shoot kids with water pistols sometimes if they're going to, if they're like getting to that point. Or, you know, maybe a more serious way is to just say, hey, man, can you do me a favor and step in the hallway? You're not in trouble. I always say that. And kids laugh at me all the time. But I don't want them to think that they're getting kicked out. Hey, I need you to step in the hallway for a second. And what that does is it's just separating those two dudes so that they can um, just, we can have a moment to figure out what's going on. And then I'll call an SSO down and say, look, can you handle this? I pulled the one dude out. Can we get the other guy out? Figure out what's going on. If it's cool, send them back in class. If not, maybe they have some kind of like grievance they need to air out. But that's the best way I think that you can handle that situation. We got love. Um, Joanne Markov is asking, hey, Joanne, how are you? Um, she didn't ask that. That was me asking her. But in depth, uh, how in depth is your syllabus? I will send you my syllabus. Um, I'm redoing mine right now. I have a very brief last term but I realize I need to be more explicit. I don't have a very in-depth syllabus. It is one page. It's adorable. And it had, it is adorable, isn't it? Mm, I guess. Come on, dude. Adorable in a, in like a manly design. It's totes adorbs. Mm -hmm. It's totally manly. Um, so if you want, just shoot me an email and I'll send you a copy of it. It's going to be, I'm going to make it available. Um, we have a website that is like, is done, right? It's seriously almost done. It's done. But it's, we have the no, phone call tomorrow night to learn how to like, if we want to like add things or subtract things. So like when people sign up for mentoring, we need to find out like how to navigate that um, through the website. Like we already have, if people have signed up for mentoring, like those of you that have done that already have done it through a, um, another website, but you're going to be able to go to realrapwithreynolds.com and sign up right through there. This website looks so sick. New um, new branding new i mean it looks like um it looks like we know what we're doing like and that's all you really need sometimes it's like teaching you just gotta look like you know what you're doing sometimes and that take the rest takes care of itself um so let me know but i don't do an in-depth syllabus because i don't think anyone reads it i think you could have those conversations but i think reading through a long syllabus for me doesn't work. Now my friend Cho at school, her syllabus is like seven pages long or something. She makes the kids read the whole thing. They have to search through it and stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of up to you. I'm not sure if that's a question. Or not. Rachel McGrew. It's, uh, I've never McGrew. seen that in that last name before. Mm -hmm. um, first year teacher here struggling a bit. Um, oh, struggling big time with overbearing admin that says they're trying to help but is becoming very overwhelming, messing up in classroom management lessons and all. So Rachel, I would say, first of all, first year is the worst year, right? It, hey, that's like, there's a t-shirt for you that makes wow. everyone sad. Um, they like, look, it's gonna be about growing pains. And so 
rather than running from the help, right? Like even if they are being overbearing, even if they're completely overstepping their bounds, even if you think you'd be better off if they just left you alone, I would lean into it a little bit. I would ask follow-up questions. So if they say, hey, I noticed you're not doing this or try this or, excuse me, um, whatever they're giving you to do, lean into that a little bit and say, hey, that's interesting that you just said that. How would you implement that in this particular class setting or with this? So what you're doing is you're not running from the problem. You're sort of like dancing with the problem more. And you're you're um, asking for follow-up questions, which then I think puts you in control of that conversation. It's not them being in control of the conversation. So that's what I would just try to do um, because it can be overwhelming. But look, I swear to you, to all new teachers, it gets easier if you keep doing the work. <clears throat> you just have to press through. But I swear that you will see um, at some point the year will shift um, because of any number of reasons. But like, just be mindful of that. And and I hope that uh, you, you know, you do stick with it. Um, and also you know, do this too. Like you can go on Teachers Connect and like ask people these questions as well. Like put in there and then maybe other first year teachers will hook it up as well and like um, tell you what they've been through as, and too. Uh Rami Melhim, Rami, I think I'm saying your name right. I apologize if I'm not. How do you fund the cereal morning? So uh, cereal day, for those of you that don't know, is my alternative to pizza parties in school. Um, I just felt like I wanted to do something different. So I go and buy cereal. So the way that I do that is my school gives me $50 incentive, um, like money for incentives every year. So we can do that, use that for a pizza party or you can buy books for kids or whatever you want to do. So I usually use that. And then um, I find that like not everyone uses their money every year. Like not all the teachers use it. So at the end of the year, my department head, who's awesome, will occasionally like give me money to do another one if I want to do it. Or I will sell snacks in school after school or something like that to raise money to create Cereal Day because it's really the best. Like you eating cereal, you eat some Reese Puffs with some kids and just chill for a little bit. Dude, it's like there's no movie on. You're just chilling and talking. It creates this atmosphere of like, I just think of love that you're just like hanging out together and eating cereal and it's the best. This one makes me laugh. Um, Ashley Essex says, what would you suggest for English teachers who have been told by admin that they shouldn't be teaching novels or doing silent reading ever? This? what are you supposed to do then? Like, Ash, like, right. I'm, I'm I'm, not saying that laughing at you. I'm like... It's ridiculous. I don't... Like, that's absurd. So, look, I, I've heard this before. And to be honest, there is value to reading short stories or plays or, um, I don't know, like, what do they want you to do? Like, practice test-taking skills? Like, look... Kids get better at reading by reading. Kids get better at writing by writing. And so even if that's kids that are dyslexic, even if that's kids that um, have processing disorders or whatever the situation is, right? Now, that reading time will look different if you have dyslexia because you'll maybe be doing something like an Orton-Gillingham reading program or something along those lines. But um, so, yeah. Exactly. It might look like audiobooks, might look like a Kindle, might look like um, a text to speak app that is something's reading to them. And that's all that's all good stuff. But 
I find that kids reading for an extended silent amount of time where they're reading, they're not listening to someone reading really benefits them. And if you can give them the bonus of reading a book, they actually want to read. It's like, bro, it's a wrap then it's, it's on because now they're reading about something they want to read. They're being given the time to read something they want to read. Um, so it's, it's this new world that kind of opens up. So look, if I couldn't read novels, I would, I think I'd still read novels or here's what I would do. I would read the play version of a novel, which is what I love to do anyway. So can't read of mice and men. There's a play that goes along with that play that goes along with Lord of the flies play that goes along with any number of things, or you could just read a play like the crucible or the piano lesson or something like that. Um, and that would be a great tie-in, but you know, I, I think try and sell it and maybe try and get one novel in, but you know, and talk to admin about like the value of it and what you could do with it. And maybe it's not a really long, maybe it's something like speak that's really short, but that's just craziness, man. And and so like to go on a little bit more of a rant, and I'm going to end this in about 10 seconds, but um, I just think that when teachers are actually treated like professionals and given autonomy in the classroom, they can thrive. When you hold their hand and and don't take the training wheels off, they can't get anywhere, right? It's like you're, it's like driving one of those cars at Disney World that's like on the track and you can't, like you can pretend you're steering, but really you're just going like this every once in a while. And it's like, you're just, you're just, you look like you're driving, but you're not. Um, sorry, I got a little. Which is great for children, but we're not children yes. or adults. Uh, Jillian Tobin is asking, I need help finding ways to deal with students who don't respond to consequences for simple things like sitting down and starting work at the bell or raising their hand and not shouting out. Jillian, I would say the only way I know to deal with something like that is one-on-one, -on -one, right? And so that is after school, before school, during lunch, you're sitting down with those individuals, right? And I get, I get that this takes time and it takes time off of like your planning time and stuff. But if you sit down with that kid and say, hey, look, this is what I'm noticing in class, not saying you're doing this. This is what I'm noticing. Can we talk about this or I, scratch that? We need to talk about this. Take the question. It's not a question. It's a it's a it's not a demand, but like you're 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 asking them the question, not giving them the option to not answer it. So we need to talk about this because I want you to be successful in my class. But right now going like if we keep going forward like this. There's no chance we're successful at this. So um, is there, am I doing anything that might be upsetting you in class? Or is there someone else that's upsetting you in class that might be leading to this behavior? If not, okay, well, then we need to talk about like what you're doing in class. And it's as simple as that. But when you do the one-on-one, -on -one, it takes away the audience. And now you just have this one individual that you're dealing with. And it's easier to do. Like there's no one else around that can feel more open. They can feel more confident. And that might be a series of conversations. Like maybe the first time you only get to like here and then you get to here. But then that third time you might like really take a jump because they open up and tell you about something. Um, those behaviors don't come from just nowhere. They don't just come out of thin air. They're always a result of something else. And your job is to be like sort of the child architect or um, archaeologist and like get to the bottom of that, get to the root of that situation and figure out what's going on so you can help them out with it. And you don't have to have an answer for it, for whatever their problem is, whatever their issue is. You just sometimes have to name it and give them a safe place to name it. And that can be enough. Um, Melik, oh, 
I really apologize because there's no chance I'm going to say this right because I'm fairly certain I have dyslexia and I can't say things with too many vowels. Melik Baraktar? I think I got that right. I'm going with it. I'm giving myself credit yeah, right now. Um, I'm a first-year teacher starting tomorrow to teach uh, grade 8 health and English language <laughs> arts. Tips for the first little bit. Super nervous but also excited. So, look. <clears throat> Melik, first of all, you should be super excited. Um, and you're going to be nervous. Like, don't even try to not be nervous because it's not going to happen. Um, I would like, I don't know, drink a glass of wine tonight or like take some CBD oil or something like that. So you sleep well and then you wake up well rested. Um, I would get to class early and I would, I think it, there's great value in standing in front of an empty classroom. So you're not just showing up at school and kids are coming in and stuff's going on like there are times if I get to school early, I lock my door and I don't let dudes in. I'll put like a sign on the outside and says like, yo, I'll open my door at 730, but I need this time to myself. And then that allows me to get everything ready to prepare and to just stand in front of my class and kind of like take in the moment that like in a moment, the kids are going to come in. What do I want that to look like? I started envisioning like what I want that day to look like. Um, and then that helps me win. <clears throat> I think and also have fun. Don't wait to smile. Sorry, I'm coughing a lot. <clears throat> um, don't wait to smile. Don't wait to say hello, but start shaking hands at the door. Every kid that comes in and try and build relationships with everyone that you can, even in the microwaves, like at the end of the day, yo man, bro, you did a great job today. I really appreciate what you said in class today. You're like, yo, yeah, I get it together tomorrow, man. We're acting like too much of a fool or something like that. Otherwise we're gonna have to hug it out and just doing silly stuff like that. Or like just being a presence in their lives will help you win way faster than you could ever imagine. Allison Yaley is saying, hi, last year I had a lot of trouble being respectful to teach, wait, to teachers. I'm imagining this is a student. A student. Um, so last year I had trouble being respectful to teachers. This year I'm worried about messing up any tips on staying on teachers' good side. Allison, um, I'm wondering, so look, I get that not all teachers seem like they should be respected, right? Because not all teachers are respectful towards students. Some teachers are just jackasses towards students or or aggravate like like not aggravating but because, not all teachers are created equal yeah so but i would take time as just like i tell teachers all the time to get to know the students get to know your teachers look the, the bottom line so there was a teacher at my school in the past an older gentleman that came into school and really wanted to do good work um, was a university professor before, came to the school and had a really hard time. Like the kids did not respect him. They gave him a really hard time. And some of that is first year. But but what I told the kids was like, you have to realize that like this dude is like a grown up. Like he has five kids at home. Like he lives a regular life, right? Like, like this is a regular, I live a regular life also. I'm not just a teacher. And so think about that person in that context, right? Not just the person you see as a figurehead in the front of the classroom, like getting to know someone, asking them questions about themselves and stuff. Because when we can see each other as human beings, our, the likelihood that we will respect one another goes a lot further. The reason you can curse people out when you're driving all the time is because you don't know them. You can't even see their face, you don't know their name, you don't know their life. So you just like give them the finger and yell at them as they go by. Uh, but if you knew who that was, if the windows were down, if we were driving stagecoaches, like if you were on a bike, you wouldn't curse someone out in the same way. And that's because they have a name, they have a face, they have a life. And it's someone that, that you know, you is you would give respect to on a different level. So that would be my answer to that. Um, and best of luck to you. 
I hope that you have a great year. Um, F. Weber is saying, hey, Reynolds, I'm looking <clears throat> to become a SPED teacher, and the college I'm looking into offers a special ed degree with content areas. I'm just wondering if I should – wondering – I'm just wondering I should pick my areas. So your content areas – um. Look, I would take something that you're interested in. I picked English because I like English. And I think I'm answering this question correctly. First of all, SPED teachers are like so needed. It's ridiculous. I mean, the teachers in the in the U.S. right now are at a super shortage anyway. But like SPED teachers are even more so. Um, and so if you and if you're like a SPED teacher for science, like there's just like I think someone's just going to hand you a job at that point because they are just non-existent but go into something that you're interested in because your your interest is going to come off as like an authenticity for really caring about something so um be mindful of that too so you know i that's that would be my my thing so for me it was english i could have just as easily been a history teacher um i don't want to learn all the science but i think being a science teacher would be really fun too i would just do experiments all the time though you were slacking you were cutting up a. Chicken fingers over there, which aren't really chicken fingers, just like when we used to get us dinosaur chicken nuggets. They had no actual dinosaur meat in them, which is very disheartening. Mm. Pinky motivation. Pinky motivation. How did you get that? How did you come up with that name? Yes, I don't think it's a real name. No, I. But what if my students asked? Wait. What if my students ask questions that I don't know the answers to? I, look, that's a great question, right? And it's it's making me laugh because I'm thinking of friggin' Brett Miller during my student teaching at Windsor Township High School that knew I was at a concert too late one night. I didn't read the book and I was trying to just play it off. Do you remember this? <laughs> I do. It was like the worst day of my life. And he knew that I didn't read and I didn't know the answer. So we kept asking very specific questions. And I was like, you jerk um so if you're still out there brett miller know that i remember that um i think there's a couple of ways you could do it one you could lie two you could say that's a really great question but i want you to look it up and this is why right so you turn it on them or three just tell them you don't know bro that's a great question but i'll be honest with you i don't know but i'm gonna look up the answer because i really like that you thought of it or that you came up with that question or that you know i haven't thought about that in a while i'm gonna look into that um, and then bring it in the next day and tell them that, you know, you don't, your job isn't to know everything, especially like because I teach English. My students always think I should know spelling, bro. I can't spell for anything, man. That's why I have a Google home. And I even got the new one with the screen so that it like shows me the word because it's just like and my brain just doesn't work like that. So it's all right to not know everything. It's fine. And I think telling the kids that you don't know stuff sometimes is like creates a, a space of vulnerability that's like. Yeah, this is a space where we're all learning. Like I'm learning all the time. I'm not a finished product. I'm like not even halfway there yet. Even though I was a kid, I used to think by 50, I'd have that thing on lock. It only gives me eight more years to lock it down. Um, my buddy, Mr. Tran is saying, trying to word this without sounding like creep. You never know what's coming after that. Um, should I honestly express my sexuality to my students? I'm gay and somewhat flamboyant. Is there another? It says uh, dot dot dot. Is that was that the end? Mm, Trent, I think that was okay. the end. Look, man, I oh this is a this oh, is a is. little is there a second yeah, part? That's... Young students think I'm silly when I act feminine, uh, but I'm not sure if I should 
tell students I'm gay when they ask. I'm not ashamed, but I'm not sure if uh, I should display family pics as others do. So that's interesting. Um, so look, I'm what I what I'm going to ask first is two things. One, um, could you either leave this in um, leave it on the side and let other people answer it? One, two, you could go to yeah, that's what I was going to say. So um, go to Teachers Connect, leave the question, or we have a closed Facebook group if you want. Like, I don't know if that feels like what one of those might work where you can leave something in there. Someone that's actually kind of like living through that same situation might be able to speak to it better. Being straight, it's it's a little bit difficult for me to answer that. What I, but I will, I'll say this. I would say no. You don't go around <laughs> saying right, we'll that go. you're straight. Like, why does someone that's gay have to go around saying that they're gay? Because the like, students are asking him, and he feels, and I feel like, look, teachers I've worked with before that have been out with the students, they have created, like, sort of a realm around them that students feel safer being with them. It also, sure. for students that okay. are, that are kind of weird about that, yeah. or like, don't know anyone that's gay, it lets them see like, dude, this is just like a regular dude trying to do good work in the world. Um, and that it lets, I think when we know people, right. So like, it just makes me think of like all the people I know that are racist that don't know anyone that's not white. Right. Like yeah. it's like, but when you see someone, you realize they're a human being, then you can interact on some different level stuff. Right. Like, yeah. um, and I don't think you should be afraid, but the only thing I'm thinking of is I am guarded about certain aspects of my life. Like I don't tell people like about learning disabilities that my student, that my children have or about any number of things in my life. So I think it's, it comes down to what is your why for telling kids anything? And does that support your students? Does it help your students or does it detract from that? Is it just going to create a problem? Right? So like, I think you could go either way and I've seen teachers do both. Um, but that's just my limited opinion. Like I said, like I, I'm not, um, I'm, you know, I don't, I, yeah, that's kind of all I have for that. But I, I, what I'm hoping for is that this opens up a bigger dialogue on the side here or on Teachers Connect or on the Facebook group um, with folks that might be able to weigh in. Because look, again, this isn't the, the Reynolds, I mean, it is the Reynolds show, but like, um, it's not just about what I think. It's about what everyone else is thinking on here too. What do you got? Is that good? Um, yes. I think I was all right. It's not a yes or like a simple yes or no. No, it's I think it's like a conversation and right, students and all and that stuff too. And it's case too. by case and your yeah. school and right and who you are and all that. Um, I'm looking for a question. Looking for a quick. You want me to sing a song? No. I will tell you what I've been doing over break is listening to the Lionel Richie Pandora Station, um, which just because it's hilarious to me and I've right. been singing songs tell, to my wife and making Selena her crazy. Um, Selena Francesca, oh, Selena, come on, girl. I just can't, I can't do all the vowels. I apologize. Um, I have a pretty serious situation with a sub that I don't really want to type in here. Can I email you? Or yep. Um, uh, email me at realrapwiththereynolds at gmail.com and I will get back to you immediately. I have a ton of emails, but that's because I haven't been doing them over the break. Um, what's up, Jill? 
Um, that's my sister. Uh, they, yeah, and I'll, I'll get back to you right away. Um, do, do you have another one? Wait, the Eagles game went off? Well, because apparently it was... A, What's like, happening I, right now? We got, I'm sorry. I'm really, we got rid of our internet. We got changed internet. We got rid of our cable. Now I can't watch the Eagles game. And it was just on in the background while we were on here. Sorry, we're a little bit disheveled tonight. I'm going to blame my wife right now. So I'll just drink this coffee in my Colorado mug. Here, answer Stephanie Henry until I get back into I will work. answer Stephanie Henry's picture. Starting back tomorrow, and I feel like just as nervous. First year, third grade. I know things that uh, that work and don't work. How do I apply change in the middle of the year successfully? Yo, look, Steph, I'm going to say one of the things I was talking to my wife about is I am more excited about the beginning of the year every year, right? Because you have that three months off or whatever, like you have a break and then you're getting ready and you feel refreshed and you're ready to go and you have new ideas. But almost always my second half of the year is better. I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's because like I come back from break and I feel somewhat refreshed, but like I'm just more willing to try crazier stuff and I'm building more relationships with students so I know who people are. And that starts kind of like working itself out. Like those relationships work themselves out. My second half of the year is almost always better than my first half of the year. And so I was thinking about that the other day and I'm like, why would I ever be nervous to go back when I'm just like, it's going to be great. Like I'm going to come up with great ideas. So just start thinking of like bucket list ideas that you'd like to do in your classroom with things your kids would get excited about. And you can just experiment with them and then just try stuff. So, uh, but look, to be honest, I'm always like slightly nervous. Like tonight, like I will be um, slightly on edge going in tomorrow. Cause I, just cause I haven't been in that, like um, that routine for a while also. So uh, yeah, look guys, you can't always stop the nervousness, um, but you can just live, like just accept it and then realize that it's going to happen. And then that's how you get through it sometimes. Virginia Bruce is asking, I'm not sure about other first year teachers, but I am teaching content I do not enjoy. I hear that. Um, how do I get myself excited? How do I get the kids excited for world history? Can you relate it to something else? Do I have the, oh, I have those magazines are over there. Something I started using um, is Scholastic Magazine, right? So Scholastic Magazine reached out to me and they wanted me to do a series of videos for them. But then as I was looking through their content, it's like, look, I don't ever promote anything on my channel that I don't 100% believe in or think that it's like actually valuable to people. Um, so Scholastic Magazine reaches out and they give me uh, free magazines and I got like uh, like to try it out and just and like they have online content as well. But some of it is made by them partnering with the New York Times. So you have like Sorry. these magazines, they're short. You can go online. They have like worksheets and stuff like that. Those are some pretty scary looking monkeys. Um, but the, the way that I think is interesting to, to use this and that you can go on their website and, and use it as well as you can search things like I search merchant events, right? I hate dealing with merchant, merchant events is like not my favorite thing to teach every year. But um, after like a couple months ago, there was this tragic shooting in Pittsburgh at a synagogue. And then after that, I did not know this. After that, apparently online, there were all these like tweets popping up where people were supportive of that sort of activity because it was a synagogue, right? And it created this dialogue about like, well, like 
what like is is that sort of like um what is the word i'm looking for like hate like people like act like that's dead like we don't really talk about that like hate towards certain groups anymore um it it gets overshadowed by any number of other things right what i'm getting at is like it was a way for me to connect the merchant of venice which seems like it was just this thing that happened 500 years ago when shylock's getting dissed because he's jewish and stuff to real world like right now things and it allowed me to connect something like a shooting which you know just because I teach like in West Philly, I don't try and like teach to, I'm not trying to like create that narrative for you, but like my boys have dealt with a lot of shootings. Like someone was shot outside of our classroom, like right before winter break, um, literally during class outside of my classroom. And so there's this connection point to like 500 years ago, Shakespeare, this thing that happened in Pittsburgh, our lives in West Philadelphia. And I think when you're teaching world history, it's not about just to me, it's not in English anyway, like, it's not about just creating this, a lesson based on something I think you should know because it's a really important book, but why is that relevant now? Like teach it through the lens of something your students are interested in, something that they are, that they think is cool, that they think is, is worthy of their time and energy. And then it's like, but how does Lord of the Flies connect to your life now? How does Fahrenheit 451 is so, is like, that book is like, you know, William Golding, not William Golding, uh, Ray Bradbury was like really had some link into the future because he was so right about a hundred things in that book. So I think you can make those connections. And that's what I would do is connect it through the lens of something the students are interested in. Um, Joanne Markov is asking, one of my new classes this term has an 11th grader taking English one for the fourth time. Dude, I had one of those this year. Um and by my count, how on earth do I motivate this kid? I have no delusions that I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. So first of all, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, you shouldn't be anyway, unless you want to rock that leather jacket. That's what I think you should do first. But um, I think, you know, look, when I have, when I deal with kids that are in that situation, right, I do not sugarcoat anything. I don't try and tell them like, it's going to be great. Um, but Note to self, buy leather jacket. Yes. Uh, I think, um, you know, having a real conversation about like, yo, look, let's just recognize that it's been a long time that you've been in high school. We need to talk about this because I need to know what you're expecting to get out of this class or why you're still here. Like you didn't drop out yet. Right. So like, what are you doing in in school still like why why are you here why aren't you just why not just drop out get a job at a gas station and and, you know like live in your mom's basement for the rest of your life and i think sometimes having those conversations helps i also think the way i have those conversations is i find out why the kid is still in school and then i say well what do you want out of life maybe you don't know what you want to be but like what does your dream life look like right and then let's look at that but let's reverse engineer it And if we reverse engineer that and school has to be a part of that plan, like you want to be a nurse, you want to be an engineer, you want to be, I don't know, like go into the military. There are certain steps you need to take to get there. And if you're not, if you're not reverse engineering that situation um, correctly, you're just living a lie, right? Like if you think you're going to be like a brain surgeon or you're going to be, you know, uh, I almost said a banker. Is anyone 
banker anymore. Um, if you're going to be a lawyer, like you're kidding yourself, bro. You're an English one. You're a junior in high school. Like you need to get it together. And this is why, right? Like let's, because you want to be this, this is part of the equation. You're missing a piece of the puzzle if you're not doing this and it's never going to be complete. So I would have a real conversation like that. Um, one-on-one when no one else is in the room, I would, I would do that. Uh, Kimberly Wallback is asking best way to work with emotional support students. Um, I think, you know, that's tricky because I'm not exactly sure what the student's gig is, but there's a couple of ways that I do it. One is I give room for kids to breathe. And what I mean by that is like, if there's a day when you need to check out, you need to just like have a day to yourself. Cool. But that can't lead to a kid taking advantage. Don't take, don't, what is this saying? Don't mistake my kindness for weakness because some kids will take that and run and they'll come in some days and, and you'll see them playing around the halls and doing all kinds of wacky stuff. And then they come in your room and they're like, I'm sad today. And it's like, bro, you need to get your life together. Like, <laughs> like I just saw you goofing around. Now all of a sudden you want to try to play me. Like, you know, I, I trust you. And so you give me a reason not to trust you. So I think giving those kids room, but then building that relationship so that you know whether it's real or fake that day um, and not having them kind of like overtake you or, or, or overtake the class. Like there needs to be very clear um, guidelines. Like you can't just say whatever you want. You can't just say like, um, like my dudes that have ADHD aren't allowed to do just whatever they want. They get like, you get like a section, right. Where you can move around and, and, and do your thing. You can get water if you need to, but you're not just like, allowed to like go across the room and like hit a dude and be like, ah, oh, you know, it's my ADD. And it's like, bro, we know a hundred percent. Like I've been surrounded by ADHD my whole life. I know that that's not the, like an excuse for, for your behavior right now. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's a really clear answer, but I think it's knowing the kid, giving them room, but then knowing when to reel it in because you have very clear boundaries also. Uh, Rachel McGraw is asking, um, late to respond to this part, but I'm just getting to the teachers connect. Do they have an app trying to find time to get on the, trying to find time to get on the site for it? I don't, they do not have an app yet. Um, oh, she's on here. Okay. She just answered. I think. No, uh, no, that's someone. No. Okay. So her name is Sandra. Sandra from teachers connect is on here. So Sandra, if you're still on here, um, it's Rachel McGraw is looking for, how she can connect with Teachers Connect um, on her phone. And I don't believe there's an app yet. Is there like one coming? So, so if there's one coming, like when is it coming? Do you guys have any sense of that yet? Uh, that sort of thing. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Oh. Did I mess it up? Yes. Dude, I'm sorry. You can't get mad at me on the internet. You look like we get along. We do. doesn't mean I don't get mad at you sometimes. That's the thumbnail right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was your wedding ring. There's your engagement ring. Because you lost your wedding ring. Um, I feel like holding up my game. I'm no, really I'm sorry. Like, you just messed me up. On the flow. The Eagles are on, but the Eels aren't on anymore. It's probably just Bryson using our login. Dude, I got nothing going on here, bro. All right. Jay Dobson is asking tips for working with ESL students. I have a boy in 11th who... Why are you trying to grab me? Y'all, oh, how are you question. I'm trying. I have a boy in 11th who knows very little English and uses uh, and uses his lack of English skills to joke around and disrupt the class. So, Jade, I would say, one, um, of course that's what he's doing. Because he's trying to, like, because he probably feels stupid. And he feels like, 
he's not going to do well in there anyway. And he doesn't want everyone to know how bad he is at, at English. So he screws around as a way to like compensate for it's like, oh, I got bad grades because I misbehave. But it's really me masking the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. I would give that kid a different book. Um, no one has to know, like figure out a way to cover it up. Like so in the past, say, like when we read the Odyssey, uh, there's really good graphic novels out there for kids that have very limited uh, language in them. Or you can get like go online and download stuff. Uh, that is at a lower lexile level for students that don't read as well. Um, and then that what that does is like, you know, what you want is for them to read. And the more they read, the better they'll get, especially if they have instruction with you. Maybe give them like after school hours where you're sitting down with them or connect them with another student. That's a really good sort of mentor. But it's got You have to build that relationship and then you have to get them stuff that they're going to succeed in. What you want to do is rig the game to win. And by what I mean by that is like having stuff that they can read so that they are getting finding like um, some level of success, even if it's far lower than everyone else's. And I tell kids all the time, like if I so I don't deal with ESL so much anymore because um, my because of the population that's in my high school. But when I taught in Camden, I'd say about 50 to 60 percent of my students were ESL students. Um, and it's like, look, you're learning a new language. This doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means like if I went to Spain or Mexico or France and I had to learn in their school system, I'd be far below everyone else. Doesn't mean I'm stupid. Doesn't mean I don't know stuff. It just means like, you know, I'm, I'm like coming, like I'm like I'm rocking where I'm from, but now I'm here and I have to grow and I have to do this thing in a new school in a new way. So you're like building that confidence, but keeping it real with them. Like this doesn't mean you're dumb, but you're going to get left behind if we don't get you on the ball. And I want you to be successful more than you could ever dream. So that's what we're going to do. And if that means reading a comic book instead of the book, awesome. If it means reading this book instead of this book or reading something with a lower Lexile level, that's the same thing, but it's just easier for you, right? So it's on your level. That's 100% what we're going to do. Um, Rafa Morales is saying, I want to decorate my classroom with lights and motivational quotes, but... At the teacher's lounge, I hear others clowning. Would you care? Nope. Have you seen my room, man? Um, Raf, I have a tree in my room. I have all kinds of ridiculous stuff. And I always, always have. I've always had an absurd room because it's really one of my favorite things. Like you're in your classroom more than you're probably in your own living room. So it should look according, right? Like it should be a place where you want to be, where students want to be, where they feel comfortable, where they feel like they want to just hang out because you're trying to like sort of like you want kids to be in your room so you can hang out with them and build relationships and stuff like that if your room looks like a morgue nobody wants to be in there if it looks like you know uh an asylum from the 1800s like where it's just white barren walls and it's nothing in there um so just own it be like i know man it's crazy but like this is what i want my room to be i wanted to be i'm gonna have the best room in the school i'm gonna have the best room you ever guys ever saw in your life and then just make it look the way you want it to look because um, they'll find something else to screw around about last year. And I, th I honestly think people, when they talk shit like that, like they do it because their room looks whack. Um, so go worry about your room. Like don't come talking about my room I'm trying to kill the game here. Um, Jane Register is saying, I have an icky teacher who <laughs> I'm not laughing at your question. Um, as a student, yeah. I just like that someone used the word icky. Um, I have an icky teacher who was creepy and admin wouldn't do anything about it. 
Uh, now I don't want to laugh at this anymore because it's weird, uh, and I don't like that it's happening. Do wouldn't do anything about any of it as a student. I feel creeped out during class and I lose focus for fear. How can I work through it? So first of all, Gene, you need to tell your parents. Your parents, um, and. I would tell, like, so at our school, like, I would tell, like, a counselor or something like that, someone who's um, going to keep it confidential, who's not just, like, don't tell, like, I don't know, the gym teacher, the nurse or the, you know, well, I would tell another teacher maybe that you confide in and say, look, this is how I'm feeling, right? Um, and this is why. Uh, and then, like, so that, what's happening then is, like, teachers are mandated reporters. They need to document things that are of that caliber, right? So like if a student comes in and says, hey, my dad's beating me, um, I, I am mandated to go to our social worker and say something about it. So you need to get it documented. You need to tell someone that is actually going to listen to you and is not gonna push you off. And then I would absolutely 100% tell your parents because that's going to, um, that's going to like, then they are going to have your back also. This isn't something you should feel like you ever have to go through by yourself. But that's that's how I would handle that situation. Um, and I don't know what is there something else we could say about that. I think it's that. I think it's that kind of. Yeah, I think simple. so. I think as a parent, I would say you need to talk that over with your parent and see are we interpreting the situation correctly. And if we are, I think the parent and the child need to go to the admin, especially since. It yeah. seems like the student already went to the admin and nothing's really being done about it. Um, we and, could ask to switch classes as well, like just a different yeah. teacher. Like and if you are uncomfortable, that's fine. You're I think also, different. like, Joel, we're, we're saying, I'm sorry, I was totally cutting you off. I it's apologize okay. for that. Um, I'm used to it. Just kidding. <laughs> I think you, you know, we're, we're saying all this without really knowing what's going on. Right. Like, I don't know that teacher. I don't know what's happening. But Make sure that when you're having these conversations, you're being very specific about what's taking place. You're not just saying like um, they're being weird. Like my students will say like, I don't like that teacher because they're weird. It's like, bro, what does that even mean? Um, be very specific about I was in class, was sitting here, was doing this. This is what happened. This is how they made me feel awkward. Like you're sort of like almost like it's a police report. Like that's what, how you're laying that out. And that's what I would do. Um, uh, you have another one for me? Oh, was that not it? That's the next oh, I'm sorry. I used that. I used Joel's name for the last question. Oh. Uh, Joel, I apologize. Joel Seaton is asking, I am aiming for a career in nursing for four years until I decided nursing wasn't working. And I decided and I decided over like two weeks to be a teacher was my decision impulsive. Maybe. Um, first of all, you have a great profile picture. Um, look, it's that little <laughs> like, it looks like Daria. Um, <laughs> so maybe, but. Maybe not. I, I, you know, I, I don't really know. Um, but I know that if you don't feel like, look, to be honest, I don't always remember what it was like to wake up and hate my job. Like I've had a lot of crappy jobs. I worked at Taco Bell. I've dug holes, literally like got dropped into a hole with a piece of rope and dug dirt for a whole day. Like I was in a movie with that do it, just do it guy. Um, I've had any number of crappy jobs, but I've been doing what I love for so long that I forget what it's like to go to work and like truly not like it. What I will say is waking up every day, 
going to bed every night, knowing that what you're going to do tomorrow is what you feel like you're put on earth to do is it's a game changer. It's like, it is, it's, I, it, you, you can't even explain it really unless you're going through it. So what I would do is maybe even before start going, you start going to school for education, go and mentor somewhere, volunteer somewhere, do an after school program, tutor a kid, find, you know, you could put an ad on Craigslist or find a local school. And if they're looking for tutors or people to help kids after school or to be, um, maybe you go in and you're like an assistant in a classroom or you go in and read books every week and see what that feels like to you. And then that's going to be something that informs you as to whether or not you would be like a really good teacher or not. So that's, that's what I would do. And that kind of lets you test the waters out before like, um, you go full force, like jumping on it. What are you, what are you on about? You can jump ahead and read Jessica's cause we're, if it's almost six, it's really important. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read one swim chick who I haven't seen in a okay. while, and um, in a second, but Jessica Guthrie, uh, said, I was diagnosed with cancer over break. How do I tell, how do I help my students to understand what I'm going through? I decided to tell them about the diagnosis and some teachers said it was a mistake. Uh, was that the whole question? I think so. Um, so first of all, Jessica, I'm really sorry. Um, that that is even something you're dealing with. Um, oh gosh. So I, I would say, no, it's not a mistake that kids can't have things hidden from them and have things candy coated all the time. Um, I think when my, I know when my mom was, was diagnosed with cancer, I was 21. I was very immature for, for 21. Like I, my mom, like basically like was still wiping my ass at 21. Um, not, Literally. Not literally, um, but that was kind of the world that I was living in. Um, and it made me have to care about something other than myself. It made me have to have empathy for someone in in a time when, like, it was all about me. And school is often all about the students, right? I'm always saying, like, it's always only ever about the kids. But for sometimes for kids to actually care about someone else, to step up and, and help someone else, to have to feel that um, is important. and while you're going through things, you want the kids to understand. You don't want to just like not come to school and they don't know what's going on. Like, it's like, no, nah, bro, like if you're getting treatment or if you have, if you just need a day, like to get your head together, um, the kids are going to be empathetic to that. And that teaching children to be empathetic is like one of the most important, I'd say empathy, hard work and critical. being, uh, no, even more than critical thinking, I think confidence um, are really, really important. So I would not ever not tell students about that. So, um, look, I don't, I don't know how we help with that, but I just want to say that like, um, show up if you have questions and you need help, if you want to email me and you need help, if you want to do a phone call, like whatever we can all do, like, please let us know. I'm just going to just go ahead and speak for everyone. Um, just let us know what we can do because I'd be happy to be a part of that. And, either going on something like teachers connect or the Facebook group and like making sure that you're finding people. Cause you know, here's the thing. You're not going to be the only teacher that's ever gone through this. There will be other people out there that have gone through something similar. Um, and I just think that when you kind of see it, you can be it like you, if to hear from someone else that's actually gone through that situation um, is going to be, could be really empowering to you also. But um, 
we will, you know, so that's what I can offer right now. So I'm a hundred percent praying for you, but like, uh, uh, yeah, I think you made the right call. Like, look, your gut is always going to tell you the right thing to do and the hell with what everybody else says all the time. So good move. Um, what, so some questions are hard to come off of into something oh, yeah. else, you know what I mean? Cause you just kind of like don't want to diss the situation, but like, um, I am, I'm going to answer one swim chicks question because she's my friend and she's been on here since the beginning of, of all this stuff. Um, when you started teaching, your first year, did you tell your students that you were a first-year teacher? Nope, and I didn't tell my age either. Uh, I think I'm not a big believer in fake it till you make it, but I'm going to still fake it till I make it sometimes. And I think if kids know that you're first year, they're going to te- treat you differently. If kids, if you're 22 and you're teaching seniors, right, like you were them five minutes ago. So, like, I would not tell them that that is the case. Like, I would tell them, like, you know, just don't bring it up. Like, they're not going to ask you. Um, and if they ask you your age, just don't tell them. Say that's personal. I'm not telling you. Or lie. Tell them 40. Someone asked just, if you could do this a bit earlier. It's currently midnight in Finland. So uh, I always miss it. You know, I thought about doing it earlier. Maybe we can switch that up in the summer. Even a four or something like that. Yeah, let me think about that. For Who, who asked that? Can I say hi, uh, Alex Finland. Q. Yes. Hi. You want to say hi to Alex Q in Finland? Hi. You know, 40. The guy who made this channel, this guy. Now, can I tell him the story? No, not right now. No, not right now. Well, maybe in the future. In the future, you should absolutely tell him the story. Check out my channel after this. Are you chewing Legos again? Attire. Check out out Reynolds Gaming. I have four videos. Sorry. Just check them out and subscribe. All right. You're always trolling my channel here, bro. I know, but I want to. Anything else right now? Uh, Should I talk about something else while yes. you're finishing up? All right. So real quick. Also, um, I just got a confirmation this week that I was asked to come in. I'm not speaking, but I'm doing, I'm acting as a mentor at South by Southwest EDU conference this year. So it's the same thing like South by Southwest. If you're from the U S you probably know about this. It's in Austin, Texas. It's going to be in March, the beginning of March. Um, so if you're around, let me know, even if you're not going to the conference and you live in Austin and you want to hang out, like let's do that because I, otherwise I just sit in my hotel room, lonely, nothing to do except, you know, watch TV. Um, so let me know. Joel Sinan is saying, new question. I have anxiety in that I feel generally tense all the time. I do not, it's not that I don't enjoy my job, but it makes it a lot harder. Are there any ways to overcome it as a teacher? So Joel, I would say, gosh, I, there's a thousand things I would say about this. Um, gosh. You know me. What would I say about this? Uh, I was doing something else. Oh, sorry. Are you texting people? Oh, I'm you commenting. commenting. All right. um, I, I think, gosh, if I was tense about something, there's a couple of things I do. One, for me, I need to be at my best to do my best, right? So for me, that looks like I wake up in the morning and there's a number of things that I do. And it's funny because I'm just reading a book about this now. Um, called Miracle Mornings. Is that what it's called? You know what my answer is going to be. Oh, I know what your answer is. Um, my wife would say drink a lot. No. Uh, so I'll talk, I'll talk about your answer in a second. Um, I think I get up early in the morning. I read something, I pray. And then at my best times of the year, I am visualizing what I think or what I want my day to look like, what I want my year to look like. And then I remind myself, why that those things are important, right? 
I don't think teachers ask themselves why enough, but like, why does your day look the way that it does? Why does it, um, why do you want kids to do the things that you want them to do? And so like when you're getting up early in the morning, I feel like you're actually taking control of your day. You're not like waking up because the alarm went off. You're waking up because you're making the day yours, not having it run you, you're running it. And then being as prepared as you can. And then I really think that exercise, look, like this is such a cliche answer, but there's a reason some things are cliches because they're true. Um, I think exercise helps enormously. Like when you say I'm better, like when I'm running, so right now I'm running every day for a year. And today was 20, number 20, 26 day in a row that I've run. But I, if I come home from school and I run, I feel better. Now I will say, and then this might be slightly controversial, but it's not, it's not pot. Um, I take, no, I want to draw the distinction because I don't want anyone to think that that's what I'm talking about. So, um, CBD oil is something that is derived from a hemp plant, not marijuana. Um, it does not get you high. It does not have any THC in it. No, that's a lie. It does have THC, but it's so low. It's not psychoactive. No, I, it's a calm. If just how long have you been taking this stuff? Two months. Two months. I take, I put two drops of this oil tastes like olive oil under my tongue. I go to bed at night and I'm telling you, I sleep better than I have slept since before I had children. Right. Cause you don't sleep the same if you have kids anymore. Um, and it's something I take about a half hour before I go to bed. It, I don't even feel, I don't literally do not feel any different, but I go to bed and I wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. And like, I do not remember like rolling over or anything like that. It is like it has been like but it's a not magic like, cure. like you don't yeah. feel like loopy or anything no, like that. not at all i go i grew up i never did drugs growing up like i never did drugs like i never tried pot i never tried smoking cigarettes i never tried alcohol because my whole family was like too many alcoholics and, and drug addicts so i just was afraid to do it all the time um and even this took a long time because i was like ah it's gonna be weird but I think that that stuff helped me a lot. Well, it's for reducing anxiety. Yeah, it does reduce anxiety. And um, that's my answer. Stops you from becoming a werewolf also. Look it up. Research it. Yeah. Um, So you can even email me if you want more information about that. I could be more, I'd be willing to talk about it more at length. Um, Alex Q was saying, do you have any tips for handling a class where half the students edge on the other half? Otherwise, I'd like to remove students that are the big problem and put them to work outside. Uh, but there are too many. So Alex, I'd say that's a good move Ron. Like I'm not a, like, look, I like teaching. I love my students. I kick dudes out all the time, like all the time, bro. Cause if you can't handle it, like my agreement with you is like, if you're here, I want you to be here cause you want to be here. If you don't want to be here, don't come to school anymore. Like drop out, like go get a job pushing carts somewhere. Right. But if you show up, I want you to know that I want you to do well. Like I'm, I'm here for you, right? This like the paycheck's not good enough for me to show up. Otherwise I feel like this is my mission. This is my job. This is what I'm put on this earth to do. And I want to do that with you, right? Really like, like a lot. Um, so if you're clowning around, you're doing a couple of things. One, you're making my life harder and I don't, I don't need that. Two, you're messing it up for the people around you, right? You're not just messing it up for you. You're call, you're creating a reaction, a reaction within other people. And sometimes it's interesting to remove kids that are an issue and then speak to the rest of the class. Like, look, we're, we're, we're buying into this nonsense too much. And I'm not saying this guy's a bad dude, but I'm saying when he does his thing and it messes things up, you all are like clowning around with him. Like you're all like just jumping in 
mind to get to to do whatever nonsense he's doing. Um, but look how nice it is in here right now, right? Like, or oh, sometimes I'll have that conversation at the end of class. Like, let's get this train rolling. And then at the end of class, like, look, do we see how well this worked today? And then have that conversation with that, the individuals that are acting up. But I would do that one-on-one, -on -one, even if that takes you a long time, so that those kids are very clear on the fact that what you want for them is for them to have success. But what you're not willing to deal with is nonsense. And that what do we need to do so you can have a successful class? Do you need to sit somewhere else? Would you like to sit on the couch or at my desk or in the back of the room or in the corner? Or like, like what does this scenario need to look like? But I'm only going to do play that game even for so long before I put my foot down and just stop it because it's there's no chance it's going to happen. If it happens again, I'd say pull other teachers in as well. Pulling other teachers in is not a sign of weakness. It's a, a sign of we are a team of educators that are trying to get down to help you be the best that you can be. And so sometimes sitting down with other teachers and with that student is really the best possible thing you can do. And I have my crew at school that I always call on whenever I'm having a problem with a student. We're like, we sit down. It's like a common thing now because we're in this for you. And we realize that it's not a one person game here. Like this is, it's a team sport that we're doing here. Um, was this the question? Did it move? I, I, we're over on time. Okay. Um, Um, should I answer this question? So, uh, okay. So we, we have a family thing to go to, so I'm going to cut this off in a moment. Um, Sorry, otherwise I would go longer. So many questions. I, have I realize there's a gazillion questions. But so, listen, um, so you can I'm asking about CBD oil now. So tell them they can find me Jenny Jordan Reynolds on Facebook. So uh, if you go on Jenny Jordan Reynolds on Facebook, or if you go, um, my wife, you can find her on my Instagram. She's linked or she's on there somewhere just jenny reynolds j-e-n-n-i reynolds on instagram um you'll know it's us because you'll see pictures of us um you can just dm her there or send her facebook messages and she'll answer all your questions based on that stuff but um let me end with this one uh natalia kudrick i think i think i'm saying that right how do you deal with co-workers that do not treat you equally especially when they know it's your first year teaching because they don't think you're an equal. That's that's the, the reality of it, right? So like, if we're honest about that, then just let it roll. You're not going to change them. You're not going to be able to to like to to sell them on the fact that you're that you're different. Be different. Don't worry about trying to convince them that you are. Just put the work in. Put your head down. Do the best that you can. Um, and realize that you can't change other people's opinions all the time, right? But you don't have to let that affect you either. So like, and, and I know that I, I realize, I realize that that is far easier said than done. But if you are confident in who you are and in what you're doing, um, maybe take some of their advice. Like don't, don't hold off their advice just because they don't see you as an equal, because maybe they're speaking some truth that you need to hear. But maybe just find your find your tribe somewhere within the school, find your tribe online and know that like those people are there to, to surround you and to support you. Um, but look, you know, equality is always a hard thing for me to talk about, to be honest with you, because I feel I'd like, you know, not to take us down this whole rabbit hole, but like being a white dude in America, like what do I know about equality really? Right. But like, um, so, but, but what I can do is listen with an empathetic ear and, and try to support people. So like, I would say, 
even if there's no one in your school, know that you can show up to this teacher talk every single Sunday. We're here at 5 p.m. You can join the Facebook group. You can join Teachers Connect. You can find people to connect with online. You can find people to get down with in the comment section here that you're going to further the relationship with elsewhere and do phone calls with or, or, or find support there um, and have that fill that void that the people at school are leaving you with you with. And then before you know it, you'll have experience under your belt. You'll be killing it in the classroom and they have no choice but to not diss you anymore. Older teachers always are trying to diss younger teachers because your room's too much. You spend too much time at school. You're doing too much. You like, please, please. You're not, I don't think you're ever doing too much. Just make the quality of your work good and don't burn yourself out. And then, you know, I don't know how anyone argues with, with that. Um, but we're going to call it there. Gang, by next week, my my by Wednesday, my website will be up. There's another video coming out this evening um, on the importance of community in the classroom. Um, go visit Teachers Connect and sign up there if you're if you want to further any of these conversations. Um, and I will go back and read all of your comments later. Anything else we're, we're thinking of or we're going on? And speaking at South by Southwest this year, so if you're in around in March, what do you got? More questions for me? No, I was trying to put the link up to Facebook. Put it. How about we will pin? Okay. It, oh, it's not going on there? No, I know. We'll pin a comment for that, for the Facebook group. Cool. Okay. Anything else? No. All right, gang. Everybody. Hope you have the greatest week ever. Hope you have a great week back. And we will see you here next Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's it, everybody. Peace. Awkward ending because I got to hit three things oh, to wow. stop.